What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 191. On this episode, I'm joined by CLNY, or as I call her, Parkillmatic89. She can go by either one, I think. Um, on the episode, I talk about Patreon, merch shop. We do some catching up. We'll talk about skin color, COVID, sports, music talk, sexuality and music, home recordings, more music talk, a whole bunch of that shit, and a little bit of race stuff. Uh, thanks for checking us out. A podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, first things first, I will compel you to go to patreon.com slash a podcast with mo give any amount of money and get early access to the podcast give enough you can be like my mother hurricane haynes marshall the dharma initiative bear and powwow and be co-producers be the reason this shit fucking exists make you feel important go to sleep at night and you're like hey you know what i accomplished something today i'm keeping that fucking podcast going so think about it also we have a merch shop uh it's shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast And we'll put a link to that in the comments or the notes section, whatever it is in your podcast app. Uh, so check it out if you want a t-shirt. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, all right. This episode, I have nothing planned, but we are calling the homie CLNY, who is a rapper, artist, um, you know, probably also sings um, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, we called her... Ah, oh, fuck. A few week, a few months ago, like right before COVID happened, she was going to do some military thing. We'll ask her maybe. Uh, and then she bounced. She's back. Uh, we'll ask her how how life is, what her thoughts are. I think she has probably a unique um, perspective as an active military African American woman in America. I would think. Anyway, we'll see. Um, so anyway, um, let's give her a call. So how's it going? It's going good, man. Am I supposed to have my camera on? It don't matter. I mean, we're not we're not showing video. You okay. can have it on, but you don't have to have it on if you don't want to. All right, cool. Uh, so you're in Cali now, right? Last what I gave people a little update of you know last time you called in right before you did some military thing. I remember what it was, and it was yep. right before COVID happened, and then yep. you went off, and then now you're back. So you're in Cali now. Is that correct? Yeah, man. And you were in Hawaii for a moment, right? Yeah, that's where I live now. Uh, when we last spoke, I was stationed in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. But, um, yeah, I, I went to uh, officer boot camp for the Navy, and I got a chance to pick where I wanted to go as opposed to just being sent somewhere. And, shit, I saw Hawaii on the list, and I was like, hell yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds badass. Yeah, man. I mean... Personally, I don't really love the beach, I guess. So I don't know if Hawaii would be like the best thing ever, but I think once you got there you'd probably get used to it. Yeah, I mean it's um it's a different kind of heat. The sun'll tear your ass up like nothing I've ever experienced. I think I got burnt pretty bad like my second day there where I decided to go for a walk. And yeah, it was it was bad. Like when I got in the shower later on, I was like, God, why does my skin hurt? Like, right. why does the water hurt right now? And it was just like, okay, I get it now. Like, this is different. And, uh, I mean, it's it's not terrible. I mean, you go out there and you get used to, um, you know, watching people surf all the time. And the food is always really fresh. It's a lot of seafood. And, you know, you if you don't know how to swim, like me and my wife, like, we, you know, we're not swimmers. We don't, you know, come from cities where 
there's open bodies of water. So to get out there and like teach ourselves how to snorkel, absolutely amazing. We see some really beautiful things underwater and it's like, you know, you get into it, you figure out something to do or else you're just in the house hot. Yeah. I mean, I believe like the heat in general, like I hate Oklahoma cause it's so hot but <laughs> in the in the winter it gets really fucking cold. So it's like the extremes on both ends. Um, yep. But yeah, Hawaii, I mean, like, it's just close to the equator. Like, um, you know, I don't, I'm sure, like, not everyone believes in, like, adaptations and evolution and all that stuff. But, you know, like, uh, people's skin color more or less just comes directly from where their ancestors uh, lived. You know, and the closer to the equator you are, the darker your skin is. And the further away you are, the whiter you are. And, like, Hawaii's fucking close to the equator. So, like, <laughs> it's like it's going to be the sun's, like, the UV radiation, you know, you're getting from the sun's just got to be stronger. So, yeah. It feels good, though. Like, I actually feel recharged. Like, after a few days of not going out and being, you know, not necessarily even at the beach, but not being, not taking a walk around the block, you know what I mean? Like, I feel the difference. Like, after about two or three days, like, I need to go and get that recharge. It feels really good after your skin gets used to it. It's it's like you crave it. Right. Well, and what's weird is, like, uh, you get vitamin D from the sun. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just straight up get it from that. And so, like, not to harp on fucking skin colors, but I think it's interesting of, like, you know, again, if you're further from the equator, you're whiter because you it's harder for you to get vitamin D from the sun. So, like, you have skin that absorbs it more. So then that's, like, what happens, like, when black people move too far north, um, they need to take vitamin D supplements because, like, your right. skin isn't made to live there. I mean, right. or like, it's just it's crazy the way all that shit works. Uh, nature is crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, and they say the coronavirus like dies in the sunlight like that's also some news out there so like it just can't live oh, in wow. the sunlight so I'm always like yeah go outside um, now when w- I was in quarantine for a couple months you know like real quarantine but like just my job was shut down you know it was like stay home work from home um, I had the time to take my dog you know to the park every day um, before it got too hot and I loved it. You know, I loved going to the park every day. Like it definitely gave you a, sort of a routine or something to get out in the fresh air and all that. Um, so since I've had to go back to work here for the last couple months, I've definitely missed it. You know, I go on the weekends, but it's not quite the same as going every day. Yeah. Yeah. COVID changed a lot. Even like going up there to boot camp, like, you know, they, they have these things, it's called ballistics and you're constantly yelling, like you're not allowed to talk in a regular voice, like at all. It's really obnoxious, but you know, so you're con- constantly getting yelled at and having to yell and scream back. Like, I mean, they, they expect you to lose your voice by the second day. If you didn't lose your voice, you're not doing it right. You know, they really just like harp on you for that sort of thing. But because of COVID, um, we actually stopped doing ballistics uh, after about week three where, you know, they were saying, okay, hey, this thing travels in the air. And if you're yelling, we are possibly spreading this. So we shouldn't do that. And then the mask came out and then, you know, um, there were a whole slew of things that really changed. So my experience going through officer candidate school was uh, very different. And uh, I think what my, my class was the first class to really, do everything different and to be kind of the guinea pig as to how the military was going to deal with the pandemic and um, social distancing. What does that mean? What does that look like? And does it make sense? And is it safer or does it really work? You know, that sort of thing. I was actually up there in Rhode Island for that. 
uh, for those three months. And then, you know, coming over to Hawaii was, you know, it was different having to quarantine for 14 days and like pay out of pocket for a hotel. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it caused some financial difficulties for me that were unforeseen because they're not usually part of the program without a COVID ridden country. Right. Yeah. So yeah that, I'm actually in a, a restriction of movement. I'm in ROM now, which is pretty much quarantined for 14 days. They flew me for a school here in San Diego and uh, I got to kind of just like hang tight in my hotel room for 14 days. And yeah, it, it sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like uh, you know I'm really into basketball, which I believe you are as well. I don't think we I think we like mentioned it last time you called in, but we didn't really talk about it. But yeah. you know I'm like really in the NBA at the moment, watching all the bubble games, and uh, you know I hate to like feel bad for millionaires playing a game. You know I'm definitely <laughs> one of those people, but you are like fuck yeah, it would suck to, if you're used to the lifestyle of being so rich you could do what you want, and then you're told like, all right now you got to stay in this hotel. And do and like in here and follow all these rules like at summer camp. I'm sure all of them are like fuck this. Like that's how I would be. I can't imagine what it's like for like uh, you know the seniors graduating college or like you know like like your your seniors graduating high school. Even like what does your freshman year even look like? Do you even go to orientation? Do you even live on campus or do you just do every like you know? It's not the same. It really takes a lot away. And this will be the first time we're seeing it. And um, so, somebody mentioned to me earlier, like, this is going to change a lot of mental health. You know, the way we've seen it and the way we've looked at it so far um, in a broad scheme, this, the way this pandemic has affected so many people, you're going to start seeing things pop up um, as a relation to this in the mental health. You know, just people are going to have different kind of trauma. You know what I mean? Because this is really hard for some people. Like, you know, I actually at OCS, I actually uh, I lost two uncles like 13 days apart, not not even 13, within 13 days. And, and, you know, they were in New York City. And, you know, usually we don't have our phones at boot camp, but they had to let everyone keep their phone. It kind of took away from the aspect of being in like a boot camp isolation scenario. And, you know, they had to give us our phone. So um, I think it's interesting, especially in sports. I was pretty blown away to see that there are like these weird screens with like fake people clapping. It's just so freaking weird. It's something out of Black Mirror, I swear. Well, they're real people watching on webcams. Yeah, it's still, it's like, uh, it's like Sims kind of people. <laughs> it is very much like Black Mirror. I would say that. Um, yeah. I honestly, I've loved the NBA games. It looks like NBA 2K, but real life. Um, you know, th- they got better camera angles because fans aren't in the way. Wow, like, okay. I like, didn't consider that. Uh, they have like this baseline. Maybe not necessarily baseline. It runs like the whole sideline, but it's like, for, I don't know, like a foot off the ground, this camera. And so like whenever it shows the plays from that angle, you just it looks so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm like, yes, screw NBA, the fans. Get rid NBA. of them. They, they wouldn't be the NBA. They wouldn't remain the NBA that we know if they didn't figure out a way to engineer this to, to their benefit and give us some reason to keep watching. I'm actually not far from the Padres Stadium, um, and I can hear that that when they, they have a game. And I was blown away. I went to kind of like wander off uh, the other night in the city because, you know, I, we can go out and get food if we need to. So I went, you know, into the city of San Diego downtown, and uh, I could hear the roaring from the stadium. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, Padres got a game. Okay. And then I realized, whoa, like I'm right here. I'm not even like a Padres fan. I'm a Yankee fan. You know, 
coming from New York City, born and raised. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm here. Like, hell yeah, let's, you know, I should buy some tickets and like just go, just to go. And then I realized like, oh wait, there there aren't actually people in there roaring at this game. They have like some weird sound system. Right. And it's like watching a game show and they're like, oh, yay. It's a, that's so weird to me. See, I agree in a sense. I think baseball, because, you know, if you're watching on TV, a foul ball gets hit, you always see all the fans or whatever, you know, it's, they're very much a part of it. The, the basketball, just watching it, I just don't even think about the fact there aren't fans there. But again, I would, I'm just such more of an NBA fan. I think that I'm like I would watch them play in a closed gym. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't. I just don't care. It, whereas in baseball, and I think where baseball, I don't think it's that weird. I mean, I guess for New York it is because y'all, you know, they'll they'll pack a stadium there or Boston or whatever. But there's plenty of baseball games you'll tune into. And there's no one in the stands. And you're like, well, they're playing on like on a Tuesday at 2.30. And it's like. That's definitely something to consider. Yeah, I was thinking more so from the aspect of like being a former athlete to know the feeling of you get out there to warm up and people are losing their shit. You know, you're feeling good or you're having an off day. You're not feeling so hot during warm ups. And you get there because you realize that there are this many people watching. And you got to perform. And I mean, that that's the main reason why you had Braun when, you know, in his younger days, throwing the powder up. It, it's a show. It's an entertainment. It's 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 different when you got people there versus, you know, you know, catching catching a game where you got a bunch of players kind of meet up at the same L.A. fitness and, and throw down. You right. know, that would be cool, too. I mean, of course, yeah, you'll watch it. But man, imagine being on the floor and it's really just bragging rights at this point because you don't get to actually put on a show for people that are right there in the stands that are going to go fucking nuts. Right. I mean, my, my few takeaways um, are, I really, and I stole this one for Bill Simmons. I think I brought up on here before of like, because there aren't fans underneath the basket, a lot of people are just running a lot harder at the rim. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, because they're not scared of falling, into people like it just seems like like Russell Westbrook he hasn't played yet I think you know because he's been injured at the time of us recording this but like plays like that where he would run it like all all these guys are just running like fearlessly because there's just this open runway you know underneath it wow. and then well, that every- is improvement for sure everyone's like gets to be their explosive self right and then also everyone's saying it's a shooter's gym so a lot of jump shooters are really succeeding at the moment and then someone like LeBron who isn't much of a shooter he's struggling so, um, you know, a lot of people are using that excuse now of like, oh, with the layout and the sight lines, it, it helps this type of player versus this. I don't know if, how much of a real reason that is, but it's interesting. You know, it's like, oh, it's kind of just changes everything. And certain guys who may wilt under the pressure of a crowd, you know, they don't have that that pressure. Right. Um, so it, it's fun. I also think a lot of older guys seem to care more about the crowd where I think the younger guys, and it's probably because they come up on YouTube and stuff. I think they're still trying to show off because they know like, well, it's going to be on a highlight on Twitter. Yeah. You know, if I do something cool. So, uh, I don't know. It, it's just different, but, um, I've enjoyed it. I'm just glad it's back. I mean, that is one of the things I love is basketball. And then the TV show, big brother is back on the air. And, uh, <laughs> that's also keeping me going at the moment. Oh yeah, I like that. What, what's new with you? I mean, uh, last time we spoke, I know you was a. Uh, as far as musically, you were working on some things. You was getting back into the beats, and you know, I, I follow everything you do on Twitter, and you know, I try to keep up. I see you did some beat tapes, and you're working on like a collab tape. 
Uh, yeah, I put out a collab album. That was, I guess, the biggest thing that happened uh, a little less than a month ago. And it's done really well. But it's really because our homies over at Graveyard Entertainment, you know, they just put me on a bunch of playlists that get listens. They're the homies. They're the homies for real. Right. And I mean, I really appreciate it. Hopefully when the, you know, the money comes through for it, I'll be like, oh, this is sweet um, from some of those streams. Uh, but as far as like my listener numbers those haven't been as good as they were before. Like I was doing something better with submitting the playlist than I am now. You know, I got to kind of figure as far as getting a more different type, you know, to kind of spread out, to get new listeners. Um, right. but, but then again, I feel like, uh, and I've told this to other people and they think I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to bring race. But I just feel like being a white rapper in the time of like George Floyd's stuff happening in the movement. I just noticed like a lot of my numbers kind of did go down and I was like, Maybe people are like, not the time for that. And then I'm like, maybe it's a complete coincidence. Um, but I don't really bring up any racial stuff. And I'm too interested. I'm just like a depressed rapper. You know, like I don't, I rap about me. I don't really rap about the world, if that if that makes sense. And Do you uh, think that, uh, other artists like you are possibly having the same experience? Have you talked to anyone? I, I've brought it up in, uh, to a couple rappers in like a Discord group. And they've been like, oh, I haven't thought about that, but no one's like went and said, Oh, I think you're right or wrong. You know, mm. um, I think just, uh, maybe people aren't listening to music as much cause they're just home more, you know, without getting out. Like I know me, my podcast listening is down a lot or it was when I was home. Now that I'm back at work, I'm listening a little more because that's what I do at work is I can throw a headphone in and kind of listen. Whereas if I'm home, I'm going to do like, you know, shit you do at home, like watch TV and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, so I, I kind of think some of that could play into it. Um, you know, also, I don't know my music. I'm not this person that thinks like everyone will like my music, like, uh, or my podcast, you know, I'm like, just give it a try one time. You know, if it's some shit you like, I appreciate it. If not, you know, I appreciate you giving it a shot. Um, you know, like I said, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm really introspective and I rap about shit that a lot of people probably won't care about, but I just feel like. I'm so hung up on this. I have to be real to me. You know, I don't want to do any fake jewelry rap or whatever, even though like there's a part of me that thinks it'd be fun to do like a side project where I just was completely fake. But then that's a lot of work too, you know, <laughs> that that might stretch your creativity. It's like, uh, I don't know. You, you never know where that'll go. And, you know, um, I think as opposed to feeling like you got to be your fake self, I think, you know, even people that are great at storytelling, like, you know, how many times have you heard a really good MC, you know, tell a story in their rhyme and you go, God, this is too good to be true. Like, I wonder if that really happened. I think that's part of why we enjoy those rappers so much, because they gave us something to listen to. And I definitely think that would be a dope project for you to like just come out of yourself and like, I mean, hell, you've seen Tyler, the creator, do it with all his different characters. You've seen Eminem do it. You know, where he's Slim Shady, where he's Marshall Mathers, where he's, you know what I mean? Like that, I think that's a great concept. And that's different from what anybody else is doing right now. No, Nobody else is like um, being that creative, I don't think. Right. And, and we'll see what happens. I think my general go-to style, I have some weird like half rapper, half like alt rock singer sort of, I don't know, depressive sort of raps. But it's very much in like my voice. Like I think it's a voice that doesn't sound like a whole lot of others. And then I have some other stuff that's more of like uh, like Lil Wayne and a Millie, where it's like his whole goal is just to do punchline after punchline after punchline. Like it's not really a point to the song. It's about punchlines. And I, right. like, I like doing that as well. Um, but there are plenty of times 
uh, where I'm like, oh, I could do something different, but then I just don't. You know, like, I don't know. I kind of, you know, you get, uh, I don't want to say afraid, but you get comfortable in doing your normal style. So then you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go too weird, you know, or outside of my comfort zone. But my favorite yeah. shit when I first learned to, to make beats, because you brought that up as well, I, I made a project called Too Pretentious, and I've been going back and listening to it. And I, I took so many creative risks because I was so new to making beats and uh you know i didn't really know exactly what i was doing on the mixing and all that um but i really liked what i did you know i was like well you know for my dumb self i think I, what i did was cool so i kind of need to to make to take more risks in the future is my goal but we'll see how i can uh, you know accomplish that yeah i um i've i've struggled a bit i mean with with everything going on um, between the pandemic, between the, you know, the social unrest and, you know, with people really just struggling, you know, I've, I found it very difficult to find my voice. You know, um, we all know what the problems are. We all know that there's something wrong. We all know that there's a lot of pain, like overflowing, you know, in, in many different forms, but it's like, how many times can I say that? You know, and I don't want to harp on that. I want to figure out what a, a different message for myself and what that is supposed to sound like. You know, I don't want it to I don't want to drown it out trying to make it catchy. I don't want to try and make it fit into what music sounds like right now. I want it to be organic. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes you just got to like, you know, chill the hell out and uh you know, listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your thoughts, listen to, you know, the, the patterns of traffic outside the window and really get a feel for how these things make you feel and, and just pull from that. And I haven't quite found it yet. I mean, there was a, a time where I just refused to listen to beats at all for about a month or so, especially when I first got to Hawaii. I just, I couldn't do it because there was so much, I felt like whatever I was going to say, was not important enough compared to what was going on. And I didn't want to distract from that um, because I thought what was going on was very important. However, um, you know, I felt like in time, something's going to come from this and it doesn't have to be about that, but something out, something will, you know, leap out of me, you know, while listening to a beat and I would know, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to say. But it just hasn't happened yet. So even when I got over my little, you know, stretch of refusing to listen to beats, I um I did go and listen to some beats, and damn it, like it, it, everything I wrote, I was like, no, no, this isn't this isn't prolific enough. This isn't. I don't feel this. Like you know, it sounds cool, but I don't care about sounding cool. I I want this to feel something for me, if not anyone else. And I just haven't hadn't gotten that satisfaction out of anything. And I, I really just refuse to do anything that feels familiar. I want to sound different than I have already. I want to give, you know, some variety. I want to come into a new part of my artistry. And I'm not sure what that sounds like yet, but I definitely, you know, I, I feel you on the taking risk. I think that's a big thing that I'm learning how to do, um, you know, even in this stage where I just don't allow myself to do anything that feels familiar for a while. Right. Well, and that whole, like, I guess the way you describe it to me, trying to relate to me, to myself, you know, uh, that whole like crippling feeling of like, I just can't start a song, you know, like I'm kind of in that mode right now. So let's see, 
we're recording this on the 21st. So my last album came out July 31st, uh, which was a collab album. And it's so easy to do a collab album for me. You know, I make the beats. Uh, I have the other artists make a hook and a verse and leave me an open verse. And if a song is all done but one verse, for the most part, I'm always like, I can do a verse. You know, that's, you know, how hard is that? And there's like not that pressure really there. But whenever it's like a blank slate, make a song that's like so much harder and so lately i've definitely been like i just can't start it and you know kind of what you're describing uh you're saying it's not prolific enough and and that's kind of similar the way i feel of like i just hold myself at a, a a standard that's probably stupid you know i'm probably not like as good as like some days i think i am or whatever but i do think like I have some pretty well-written lines. And so like, I want my writing to be really good. You know, Mm -hmm. like even if it falls off in other aspects of, of what I'm doing, at least if someone goes back and listens or like, holy shit, that was a pretty good line, you know, like on the third, fourth, fifth, listen, whatever, like that's kind of what I'm, I, I enjoy about all this, you know? Uh, But I, I made a beat recently and, and that's all that when you're, when I'm making beats, it's so easy lately to just say, fuck it, I'm not writing a verse, I'll just make a beat, and then just do that, and then right. I'll just keep pushing off, pushing off writing any verses, but I made one recently um, that was, like, really emotional, I thought, just the beat itself, and I kept listening to it, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking cry listening to this beat, um, <laughs> which is weird, like, that's, I'm not the, uh, the crying type, and uh, I was like, well, I have to write something to it, so I did write, like, a verse to it but it's all fucking sad because that was like you know the vibe the vibe of the beat but i like just really felt compelled that i had to try because like i just kept listening to the beat on repeat of like man i really like this shit so anyway yeah fucking music um as you started as far as making beats i have been selling them uh this summer i've made uh like enough to probably buy a playstation 5 that was my goal and Ooh. so, um, you know, I'm selling a few beats, so I'm pretty excited about that. I need to therefore make more, start pushing them more. Um, I've never done this whole Mel beat packs out to famous rappers, but that's like, I guess the, the move, uh, by all the cool producer people, but I kind of just make them for me and I have a folder for my beat store, of course. And then a folder for like, maybe my, I have friends that might like these, you know, um, that's kind of my goal. So we'll see how it happens, you know, how it works out. I don't know. I think it might work for you because um, like like without going that route, because if you notice any time you have like a rapper, like, you know, like even Drake, for instance, like he'll he'll, you know, spend a summer with a particular kind of sound. And then the next summer, it'll be like a completely different artist. Um, And, you know, I see it all the time. Like, you know, okay, well, who's who who's writing for him now or whose style that he steal now it's some artist that we don't know about that, that he heard and literally because we know him and he gets radio play um internationally like it, we're gonna hear drake with that particular sound before we before we ever get an inkling of who the artist was that inspired for him to sound that way right. you know from, from you know his cadence to the way he pronounces things to the slang that he uses i mean i think that uh artists that you know consider themselves local are as um inspiring and we are as influential 
as those people that we think probably would never listen to our music. So I think the fact that people are buying up your beats, honestly, not that you shouldn't, but if I were you, I wouldn't even go crazy about sending my beats to, you know, in big packets to a rapper to hope to get placement. Now, if that's what you want, then yeah, that's the way to get it if you want a placement. But I think that a lot of these rappers, they're they're digging into the underground rap scene. And when they hear a certain sound, they come looking for the beat that sounds like that or, you know, the and figure out who writes like that and see if, you know, this person's a ghost writer at all or, you know, what 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 do I have to do to get that sound? Cause that's dope. And that's next up. And if I don't snatch it, then this person's going to own this summer and it could be me instead. Like, I think that's the way that, um, Drake and a few other artists actually approach, uh, their music. You know, at some point they, I guess just don't have time to write. They don't have to write. They can buy a sound from somebody. And honestly, if people are buying your stuff up, look, man, your tag catches on. And then now a rap is knocking at your door, as opposed to you having to, send out thousands of beat packs to different rappers and hope somebody pick it up. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and there's just so many producers that do that. You know, like uh, I try to pride myself and I know I don't, I could have a lot more Twitter friends. I really could. You know, if I'd done that whole, like I liked everyone's shit and I just always wrote a positive message under everyone's shit, no matter what, you know, (laughs) that goes really far and it does. And I appreciate it when people do it for me. So like, I get it. I just, I can't be fake in that way. Like if I don't really like your song, I'm not going to put it on a playlist and I'm not trying to be mean. It's just, that's like, I'm just trying to be true to myself and I feel like it's me. And so like, therefore, if I do ever tell someone I like their song or, Hey, I put that on a playlist, it, it means more because like, absolutely. I I really believe that shit, you know, and I kind of want people to like, I want people, I think it was last week, Southern comfort was on and he was like, Oh, your EP, Pessimist EP, I hated that shit, you know? And I'd rather him say that to me than him lie to me and be like, I liked every song I listened to of yours. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Now, maybe uh, that's me lying to myself and I'm like, no, you know, if everyone loved my shit, that'd be better. But um, I don't know. I just want people to to be honest because I know, I just know like there's music I've made in the past that I thought when I put it out, it was the coolest shit in the world. And I listen to it now, and I'm like, that was trash. And all my friends that were fucking with me at the moment, and they didn't tell me that, (laughs) you know, like I get pissed about it. But I know at the time they were just excited too, because we know that's how it was. Right. No, I um, I think criticism is good. I'm not always sure. Uh, Give me a second. Let me turn this air conditioner off is killing me. It's too cold in here. I'm not really sure what to do with some of the criticism that I get from time to time because either it's, yo, that shit was really good. You know, I really don't know what to tell you. Like the delivery was good. The beat was dope. What you were saying was even better. Like keep going, which is great. Or it's like, well, why you got to rap about like being a lesbian? Why you got to say like gay stuff? Nobody like, you know, I don't, think that's something I would listen to on the regular, you know, um, like I, I like your punchlines and, you know, you're very creative. You got great wood, wordplay, but, uh, you know, I just don't want to hear that kind of content, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the same, it's the same, you know, audience that you see go wild when, you know, it's a male rapper, it's the same content, but you know, <laughs> 
it's just it just it just gets treated differently when it's a woman uh, versus a man. And I think that's like a big thing with the whole Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion thing right, right now. It's like women yeah. aren't allowed to to say what they're really into, but men can lie about their lifestyle. And they can be truthful about their lifestyle and no one's allowed to judge because he keeping it real. Well, a woman can lie if it's like she's like, I want to have a threesome with a hot chick and a dude, you know, and, and the dude's the dude that you're, t- you know, that, that has a problem. Like guys just definitely want the fantasy. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I definitely I mean, I, I think on the last episode I brought up my cousin, uh, I think it's just so fucking ridiculous. I grew up listening to the raunchiest fucking rap songs by men and uh i don't know i'm i'm definitely not the typical dude like uh you know like my kink would be like a woman really into me you know like i want like a female to be that into me that's like uh that would be i don't know like i think that's cool like there are guys it's like that's not ladylike and i'm like i don't know i don't also don't think uh that's a female rapper's place to be ladylike or that they have to like i think they can make a song about whatever the fuck they want and then it's up to you, the listener, if you want to fucking listen to it. I don't understand right. how this is that complicated. Um, I I have no problem with lyrics. I've said some horribly raunchy lyrics. Like when I was first <laughs> rapping, coming up on SoundClick, you know, that was that's like my shit back in the day on the forums. Like I was like they I was the go to person or if anyone came to me, it was because they're like, hey, I need like. I have a love song, but I need a raunchy verse to like balance it out. And I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm all there. Like that was my shit. Yeah. So like I'm now, now that I'm like married and my wife gets, you know, kind of embarrassed by some of it, I try to limit it. But like on my newest album, uh, on a song called process featuring Charlie J, he done the hook and a verse and he's kind of more on like the sweet love rap and he's British. So he has that whole accent thing. So I came in and was a little more vulgar, um, and if anyone was like that was too vulgar, I would say fuck you, I don't care. So that's <laughs> what I think they should say. Now, yeah. I will say there is a it is a weird standard. You mentioned earlier about rapping about being a lesbian. I do think it's gay men can't really rap about being gay men yet. I don't think that's a thing. So I I, I there's still, you know, some things like that's like a very specific, you know, niche of man, I guess, but uh well- I, my, this is this is where I'm coming from with that. And it's not like it's a right or wrong thing. I'm not like super passionate about it. I never get angry about it. But I have I did grow up on hip hop and I've been listening to hip hop since hip hop was hip hop. And not that gay men who are rappers are allowed to rap about gay shit. But we've been listening to like some of the very greats. I mean, some of the best songs that like are seem to be timeless. They got some real sketchy lyrics. I mean, come on, we let Biggie really get on dead wrong and say, "I'm raping babies, if ands and maybes." No, if ands and maybes. You know what I mean? He talked about raping the brother, sodomizing the brother. You know what I mean? He and and we like that song. That song was dope. And then yeah, I think DMX song. has one about like how he's not gay unless he's in jail. And yeah, uh, there's like, like little and, shit like that. <laughs> and all and what he say? Uh, and what's my name? Uh, DMX and all you niggas that been to jail before know it's about to get thick. Like, you know, he talking about suck my dick. Like, that's gay as fuck. And we, we listen to Black Rob on uh, Like Whoa. I love that song. I me love too. that beat. Yeah. It gives me chills to this day. And he goes, you know, I represent A Block and Sing Sing. 
almost caught a buck fifty for fucking the Magic King's Queen. He was he's rapping to you about doing gay shit in jail. And it doesn't matter if he associates himself or identifies as a gay male rapper. That's gay as fuck to rap that. That's that is homosexuality at the core. But you know what I'm saying? And as long it, it as just, you're hard and you're in jail, yeah, it's okay. That's so goddamn weird though. And it's just like you can't be an openly gay and confident, you know, anything and do a joint like like how I have rug burns. A lot of the really confident males, they love rug burns. Yeah, I put it on a playlist. They like to play it for their women. But it's like the dudes who are just like Nah, because I feel like my girl's going to be like curious now to see what it's like to be with a girl, and I can't have that. Those are the dudes that, like, they want to like my music, but they give me, like, the most terrible reviews. Like, and I just be like, God damn, y'all, come on, man. <laughs> well, some dudes, I don't know if tool or douchebag's the right word, you know, but there's, it's one of those. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say, from a guy's perspective, I would be like, yes, definitely play that. That'll give her ideas. You know, like, if you're going to, act like a song is influential um i would i would go with the positive spin uh but yeah i think a lot of guys are i guess could be insecure you know of all that which i guess there are because of the culture we live in there seems to be more of a chance that a guy's significant other that's a woman would cheat on them or experiment with another woman in a lesbian relationship more so than the other way around where a guy would experiment with his friend, you know, like that doesn't, I'm sure it happens a lot in the world, (laughs) but you just, that's not like in our popular culture, what the story is. If that makes, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like, uh, I personally don't get worried about my wife going and seeing her friends or whatever, but like, I know for sure she doesn't get worried about me seeing my friends. You know, she's never like, oh, yeah, I bet they're all sucking dicks together. You know, like that, I'm sure never crosses her mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, other than that, it's like I, I really don't know. But I think that's a good point that you brought up. Maybe I should be telling these dudes, hey, man, it's not called, you know, songs for men and women. It's called songs for women. And if you want that hot threesome that you think was going to go like, you know, your wet dream went then play the fucking album for her. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, I should probably push it that way. Well, I kind of have a problem with like, now what I'm about to say, will probably cross some line, but like, you know, you have the standard rapper, they'll say some shit of like, you know, their, their penis is so great. They would make a lesbian straight, you know, some shit like that. Right. And, uh, but then like a rap a lesbian rapper like Young Ma, who I personally, I'll just be honest, I'm not like the biggest fan, you know, like I think that's just not my shit. I don't know. I don't like the streetish shit these days, I guess. Uh and it's all like so deep and I don't know. Uh <laughs> anyway. But she'll say some shit of like, she's so awesome, she'll turn a straight chick gay. And then like that, like to me, those are the same line. You know what I mean? But like the people that would defend or back those lines are like opposite on the opposite sides, but they're saying the same thing, you know? And I'm like, I don't think you should be turning anyone, anything. People are what they are. And I feel like none of y'all fucking get it. Like, I don't know. So like, I, but then again, hip hop is braggadocious, you know, like it is, there is an aspect of it is battling and it is, I'm better than you. Like that is at the core of hip hop. So I get where it comes from, but I think in our woke society, uh, you can be more clever, I guess. I think so. I, I definitely never thought about it that way. 
I'm also not the biggest uh, Young and A fan, uh, just because, I mean, I remember when she first came out and it was a big thing, mainly because some uh, preacher saw her YouTube video and freaking tried to tear her to shreds without knowing her or understanding her. And like that, that made her blow up um, even more. I, I do think that she is a level of talented. However, um, you know, it, it doesn't really appeal to me either. And I am a lesbian. And, you know, I am black and I am from New York, but it's just like, you know, hell, I, I'd rather hear a Rhapsody or a Chez Noir or, you know, a 3D Nati or, you know, what I mean, some something like that because of the amount of uh, substance that I require when I'm listening to something. If, you know, that pretty much, you know, will be the deciding factor of whether or not I can enjoy this. But, you know, I don't think I think I have been like pretty like rubbed the wrong way a few times like just male rappers yeah you know i fucking this dyke and i'm fucking this lesbian chick and i turn them both and it's like right it's like ew like dude no you're not and if you are she's bisexual and she wants to be with you but no one who is like a lesbian is doing that with you because that would make her not a lesbian right. but right well I, if she was a lesbian and pretending right. then she's doing it for money and this goes back to something i mentioned earlier in this podcast like you know for me personally i think my kink is like consent so like if your whole thing's like and then for guys to brag of like these chicks are with me because of all my money i'm like i don't think that's like a cool brag like <laughs> yo i hate when when they rap about like buying buying pussy i don't think that's i think that's what the fuck? Like, you know, what happened? It's like, um, I was talking to my uh, older sister the other morning and, you know, we were talking about the uh, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion song. And she was like, you know, I, I I just don't know about it. And I'm like, well, what's there not to know? We grew up on freaking Lil' Kim. You know, like, come on, give me a break. Like that, that if anything, that was kind of a woman's empowerment. Like everyone went crazy over Suck It or Not when Lil Wayne and Cameron did their thing. Like this is, you know, women don't shouldn't have to be beefing all the time. And yes, there are more other important creative things that they could rap about. But at least they're not rapping about, you know, fighting over a dude, which right. is, you know what I mean? They're they're bigging themselves up. They're shouting out themselves. And they're this is, you know, I don't see why that's an issue. However, um. <laughs> it's it's how many times you know we're gonna say oh you can't say that or you can't say this and back to even like you know the male versus the female thing and what young and may says um hell i mean there are some things she says that like nobody that's just her own thing we just be like you know what like yeah i'm gonna pass on that right well it's, i i think just, the megan the stallion thing goes back to a basic like feminist quote unquote argument um, mm. that goes, uh, you know, when I was in college, I remember having this conversation with someone of strippers. It's the basic stripper argument is what I call it in my head of like, is a stripper using their body to make money empowering women? Is that like them taking control and saying, fuck you, I'm using my body and I'll do what I want. Or is it degrading to women? Cause guys are throwing money at them to see their body, you know? And like, depending on how you pitch it and how you word it and your perspective, you can, you know, I can see the argument for, for either one. And that's basically yeah. what this is as well. It's well, these women are fucking stupid, rich. They have everyone eating out of the palm of their hand. Uh, you know, they know what they're doing. Uh, they're grown ups, you know. There's like all that shit, uh, <laughs> and then it's like all these dudes can cry. Like I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Shapiro. I brought this up on the last podcast as well, but he 
came out basically and said his doctor wife said that wet pussies is a is an issue. You need to go to the doctor if that's a thing. So like he self dry snitched on himself on that he doesn't make his wife's vagina wet, and it's turned this whole fucking funny ass meme on the internet, and I love it. <laughs> So I would look yeah. into that if you haven't. Uh, I, I miss that. I think like being so far, like in Hawaii, the time zone, you miss a lot of shit on social media. Like by the time I get up, it's like <laughs> noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm like, it's impossible to keep up. Right. And then, well, and also because people like tweet at strategic times now. That's also what I've learned. Like, and, and it's smart. You know, like I'll tweet it like a cert like late and like no one fucking responds. But if you tweet it like 7.30 a.m., like all kinds of people will respond to that because they're up, you know, also getting ready for work or whatever. Like, uh, there's like some weird strategies to this shit, I guess. Yeah. But the the real friends, uh, you know, are the people that like actually interact with you and talk to you and shit. Or, uh, that that doesn't really seem to matter, you know. Like the same, like the cool people seem to always like your shit. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I feel like. It's going to really show how bad that this gap of not being able to put out music is going to affect me as far as like, you know, how how loyal my following is. Um, because mind you, now we're, we're going on a full year since I put out my last EP. And, um, you know, I don't I haven't found a studio yet in Hawaii. Um, COVID is, you know, running amok. And at least if I were in Virginia, I know, you know, um, you know, Grammy nominated LES, he would be like, fuck it, just come on. Like, I know you good. I know the military ain't going to let you be sick and you wouldn't come over here if he was sick. So come on, come, you know, do what you got to do. And I just don't have access like that anymore. So, you know, while I have some, you know, I was like midway through a project before I left for a boot camp and at the end of February, and really, I thought I had enough to all I needed to do was send it off, get it mixed down. But after listening to it, I realized like, OK, this still needs a verse. This was I remember now I wanted a feature for this or, you know, oh, man. And it's just like, uh, woo! like I'm so far removed from a lot of what that stuff even sounded like that. I, I kind of want to scrap it and start fresh with something that will allow me to feel like I'm not. Um, wearing my dirty clothes out of my dirty laundry bag. Yeah, the earlier I mentioned the EP, the Pessimist EP that I put out, and it was a four track EP just because I got a new microphone, and then everything I recorded, I was like, this can't be with that other shit. It just doesn't match, you know. So, um, I've definitely I trimmed down, you know, something to be like, well, I'll put something out, but. I can't add to it, you know, like I didn't mix it near as much as anything else because it was like, I think I lost the opportunity. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and that, and the timing, the timing has a lot to do with that. I mean, I wanted to put out that project by like last October, last October came and went. Next thing I know, I'm looking at going to boot camp. I'm thinking, okay, I should be able to like drop it. I get out of boot camp at the end of May, you know, June, July should be good. But I didn't know I was going to, end up in Hawaii, you know, six months ago when, when we first talked or however long it was, like nine months ago, it's August. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea, but here I am. And it's almost a different world with uh, COVID-19. And it's like, hell, you got to have your own studio in house. And I have no idea how to, 
I don't know which equipment I need. I don't know how to use the shit. I don't have a desktop computer. I got a laptop, but it's from like 20, uh, 2011. You know what I mean? And I've had it booted up and, you know, souped up a little bit with the memory um, and the RAM. But it's like, I don't think this this baby could take much more. Right. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's 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 been through a lot and it's got a lot of shit on it that I'm not willing to lose. That means I got to have the money to invest in possibly in a complete home studio. And that's not something you just like do, even if you got all the money together and you know what you need to buy. And you have the space for it. Well, now you have to learn how to use it. Right. Oh, it's definitely a thing. Like uh, a lot of times I I have friends that come over, you know, and they'll watch me make beats or record something. And they're like, how do you know how to do all that? And I, and honestly, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I do <laughs> like, you know, because it comes out, it happens. But uh, you learn as you go. It's one of those things. It took years. Right. Like, it just took years of fucking around with knobs or whatever. Like uh, I remember downloading cool edit pro when i was a freshman and in, in college and that was that got they got bought by adobe eventually so adobe audition 3 came out and i had a cracked version that was like the first time i learned of serial number key generators of how to crack shit and then uh yeah i used that forever and then i still have that that's still what i record that this right now when we're recording this podcast i'm recording this on adobe audition 3 um they had like a newer version that i could pay for but I don't, um, cause I'm like, fuck it. This old one works just fine. And, uh, but yeah, like I don't, it, and like I add all these fucking like compressors and shit. I don't even know exactly what any of it does. You know, like you, you just, <laughs> I'm just like, I've done it. So I've done it for so long. And I like, you know, 10 years ago, I looked up in some forums, some basic settings and I kind of go off that in my head, but I don't even know exactly what they are. Now, when I make beats, I use FL studio and, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, I've, I've learned all that. So I I understand a little bit more what's going on there, but there's still a lot of shit. I'm like, I just know I do this every time and it works, but I don't really know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Now I will say for anyone out there getting a home studio, you know, all I have, I have three microphones for the podcast reason. You don't need that. You only need one. Um, the most important thing that I wish I would have had for years and years is an audio interface. I just, I didn't know. You know, I used to have just uh, the Samson USB microphone and it sound it was awesome for the time, you know, for what I had, but it plugged into a USB into your computer. And now what happens there and you, as you, most people don't realize is then that's just going to go off of your sound card is going to determine how good you sound. So like even though you put that USB microphone and you spent a lot of money or you, it was cheap or whatever, a lot of it is going to depend on your computer sound card, but if you get an audio interface, and then you get like a microphone that plugs in with an XLR cable. All that shit's getting handled in the audio interface. And then that's how you get shit to sound a little more crisp. Uh, like my microphone feed will be on this. So that stepped up everything a lot. Once I did that, I was like, holy shit, this sounds not like the worst thing in the world. And <laughs> then now I'm currently debating on buying this little uh foam sphere that you could put over your microphone and then they claim it turns it into a studio quality like isolation booth mm. now i it's like two hundred dollars just for this little fucking foam ball so i'm like i don't know if this is worth it or not but i've definitely stared at it for like an hour or more <laughs> on the internet <laughs> sound like you need to go ahead and get that as soon as you can yeah so because there are definitely times that uh 
you know, some engineers out there will know. There's like just this air noise that's in all your recordings. Yeah. And I can never get it all out without affecting my voice. My rap voice is kind of a higher pitch, I think, than I like to think. And, uh, and like that air noise is also in there. So like when you do these noise gates and shit, like it just also, it takes something out of my voice. So I've always been like, man, I just really need to, to get something. And you hear these fucking SoundCloud rappers not hating too much, but like they're just talking and it's like, they're not, they don't even have a good rap voice, but it's mixed so well that it works. And like the one thing I know I'm, I kind of have is a pretty decent rap voice, but it's just sometimes the mixing is a struggle. It just is because again, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I think I fake it pretty well. Like I mixed this whole last album full of, uh, you know, a bunch of other artists and I think I pulled it off, but there's definitely, you're going to hear times where you're like, Oh yeah, that, that could have probably been tighter. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I would be starting from ground zero and I think I'm a little bit spoiled. I, you know, I'm used to going to, you know, see, um, you know, Ric Flair and LES and be like, Hey, you, you know, the thing that makes it sound like tick, 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 tick. And they, Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And they do it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. It would take me forever to learn how to do that. Right. I'd, pro- I'd probably be like, you know what? I, I don't know how this shit goes. It would just, it just, I quit. Right. Like I, all the time am like, I just have to remember that I just I'm not gonna make anything that cool. Uh, yeah. I'll have things where I'm like, oh, you know that cool EDM thing where it's like the risers go in and out and like a gated effect, and then it will drop, and then my voice will come in. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't do that shit, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> That's gotta be like heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm just gonna do a guitar, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I've also been trying to lean into. Uh, you know, like I, I was definitely like the white kid growing up. Like I, I've explained way too many times. It's like I loved In Living Color and Singled Out, like the Fox, quote unquote, black TV of like the early 90s. That was like the only channel I had. And I just fucking loved it. And um, <laughs> I think that's what really got me into rap music. So growing up, I didn't like Eminem. You know, like I was like, Jay-Z is the best. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, I think Eminem is also awesome. Um but I was just that kid, right? Like I didn't want to like the white, the white shit, uh, in in hip hop culture. But now I have realized that I just naturally, when making beats, if I add like some country twangy guitar or some of like the the rock elements, I'm like, yeah, this sounds fucking good. Like I'm just naturally better at this whitish music influence on the beats. It's like because everyone around me growing up listened to it, I. I'm, I'm aware of it more. I don't know. Um, and I find it hard to make like really, uh, like awesome, like classic hip hop beats, you know, like it's like, I just don't have, uh, the bounce in my body. I don't know. Mm, that's interesting. You know, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, me and my wife, we were driving up to shark cove in Hawaii to go snorkel. And I threw on this playlist that I found on Apple music. It was like, uh, pop, pop hits from the like nineties or yeah, I'm pretty sure it's '90s, and uh, Beastie Boys was on there. Right, I and love Rick Rubin. So I good. fucking lost my shit, and I didn't realize that I knew this song, and like it made me feel like a like a, a small child. You know what I mean? And I remember like we were just listening to it, and I was like, "Yo, these motherfuckers had so much raw energy. I mean, they really gave it up on every single record. I mean." I don't know what the hell they were taking to bring that energy. Then again, they were young dudes. And a lot of these young dudes today, like they're, they're so hopped up on drugs, pills, drink, smoke, whatever. 
that, you know, everybody wants to sound cool and laid back like, yeah, I'm rapping, but I don't really care what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And those right. dudes, man, they were in your face. I mean, they gave you a lot of energy. And I can't imagine like being at one of their concerts back in the day. I also wasn't like a big Eminem fan. I thought he was really, really dope on, with Dr. Dre on, uh, uh, shit, I forget the name of that song, but they, they did that crazy. Huh? Guilty Conscience. Yeah, that 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 is the record that pulled me into Eminem. Yeah, it's but so good. As far as his whole catalog, like I never <clears throat> felt like I could really relate to a lot of the shit he was saying. I just I did didn't feel it the same. Uh, I also never got a chance to really appreciate Mac Miller before he passed. I think I had um, one. I think I had Macadelic, and uh, the, most of the songs I just. I guess I wasn't there in my life, so I couldn't really I couldn't really feel it. I mean, I uh, I definitely went back and listened to it after the fact that, you know, so many people want to pretend they were like Mac Miller fans. And I'm just not that like I wasn't a Pop Smoke fan either. Like I had no idea what the hell that was about. And even when I listen to it now, I just don't understand the allure. I want to. I agree. But, I haven't you know, been a fan of any of these rappers that have died recently. Mac Miller, I, I mean, I liked Kids and Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza. And, like, you know, like there were certain Mac Miller shit I'd heard and liked. But yeah. because of my look, I would, people would be like, oh, yeah, you're like Mac Miller. And I'm like, well, actually, we don't really rap anything alike. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I was always like that. You know, like, I should have liked him in hindsight. But I was just kind of like, oh, I can't. You know, Asher Roth is my, like, white rapper. Wow, you know, like, you tell yeah. me the white rapper – that I want, I'm like Asher Roth, and everyone's like the college guy. And I'm like, listen, that Yo, motherfucker he, he, has he, he dropped album, and oh my and god, that was so good. good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I liked Eminem honestly up until I think the Eminem show. At some point in time, to me, it became pop music, you know. And that's yeah, it's very animated now. I definitely, I like even Slaughterhouse. I loved Slaughterhouse until they went underneath M and those albums. They were just so goddamn animated from the beats to the way that they were trying to rap. And it's like, you can't even understand what he's saying. And yeah, it's fast. And it if it's an actual freestyle, yeah, it, it might even be a little bit um, impressive. But like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Almost every verse, not all of them. I'd say like nine out of the ten verses that he comes out with now, I will always be like, he is super talented. I don't know how the fuck he wrote that. I could never... And I do respect him from the as someone who has wrote a verse. You know, like I think my opinions on a lot of artists changed once I started writing verses. You know, like, and that that makes us different than an, the average listener. You know, like whenever they're listening. But uh, yeah, I don't, and I don't even want to hate on him because I think I, I honestly, I, I like. I think he has a funny personality. I think like I've enjoyed him on back in the day when he went on TRL and would just fucking shit on MTV. Like, I just fucking, like, I'm I'm a fan of his, but he also, he has such toxic fans on the mm-hmm. internet that it, like, also makes you want to not like him as much. You know what I mean? Like... You know what's interesting? Like, I always associate Eminem and Tyler, the creator. I think that Tyler, the way, if you think about it, the way they both entered the mainstream, like, I feel like Tyler was the black Eminem. And for some reason, um... Typically, black people did not. They it was taboo to be satanic or to be anti-family or to say crazy shit about your mom. You know what I'm saying? The way Eminem did, and but Tyler the Creator pushed that envelope. And what I can really appreciate about Tyler is that his albums 
come out in a sequence that is a story backwards. And you really don't get to appreciate that until you listen to it first album all the way out. Now, the more recent projects like Cherry Bomb and um, uh, what, what is that weird fucking album that came uh, out last? Igor. Yes. I, I really get a sense for his artistry that has absolutely transformed. Whereas on when I think about Eminem, he hasn't really changed. He His style changed. But content-wise, it didn't transform into anything vibrant that made it attract more than his original audience. And I think that really hurt. Yeah, I mean, I could say that. I also, th- I think there's a lot of uh, people that have come around to Eminem. Um, so I, to say like he hasn't gotten his original audience, I think he's lost some, but he's also gotten some like people like, oh, yeah, he actually is. Uh, pretty good. I tried to uh, something since again I've become a quote unquote artist. I I think you can only be as good as you and your path. You know, is like as much of a cop out as that is. Um, but like I don't think Eminem was ever gonna. I don't see the path in which he was ever gonna like have a metamorphosis into like. And now he raps like Common. You know, like I don't. I think that he. This was always his path. It's weird and it's hard to watch. Right. Now, I think whenever he came back on the Forever song, you know, for the LeBron James documentary, um, and it had Drake, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, and Eminem, and that was like the coolest shit in the world. Like, I'm such a huge Lil Wayne fan. Like, it's it's ridiculous how much I enjoy Lil Wayne. And now, he, I didn't like the Carter Five, and so, you know, I'm starting to fall off or whatever. But, like, I was a huge fan of Forever. And, uh... Kanye West, I've also loved College Dropout. Like, I mean, that's really, like, the pinnacle for me. But um, I was like, I love that shit. But I loved how Eminem, like, his whole thing was like, I'm coming out of retirement because all y'all fuckers ain't rapping as good as me. And, like, I was like, this is fun. But I do think that was, like, what, seven or eight years ago? And he has had his moments where he's like, and I'm going to do motivational rap. Now, I'm not trying to hate because I have Twitter friends that they make that type of music. And this is really what I call like white people shit of like there's some corniness to some rap. I think um, there's like a rapper named Chris Webby, who's also very popular these days. I think he's kind of like this. Like, There's just certain rappers and it's not always white people. I think Hobson falls into this category some on some songs of they just shit's just corny you know like and i ain't trying to fucking sit here and listen to no corny ass raps about (laughs) fucking you being on i don't know anything like i just i think you could and it's not even the content it's like the tone and the way things are delivered and so like i've just tried my whole like rap career to to not be corny and so i just dislike corny raps so yeah. it's also why I like, and this will be probably blasphemous to you, but I don't really like anything from New York before Biggie. Cause I'm just like, they're all fucking rapping in track suits about shit that don't fucking matter. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it, but <laughs> the breaks, the breaks. Yeah. The yeah. breaks. Uh, I do love to get down flow? though. That, like, that was like, I'm so pissed that to get downs canceled. What was going on, I think that was like the first time somebody was like, Really saying, and even like KRS One, Black Cop is still very relevant. Hell, I mean, uh, 
Honestly, can I tell you Sounds why I don't like KRS-One? Because I know he's a legend. But I also grew up in that era of, like, LimeWire and Kazaa, you know, like, pirating all your shit. And <laughs> yeah. I downloaded all the beef documentaries. There was, like, Beef 1, Beef 2, Beef 3. And it was all, like, the rap beefs throughout the years. And KRS-One beefed with, I don't know, somebody, like, Nas or somebody. And I hated his interview so much in that series. I was like who is this cocky douchebag? Like, I just hated him in that interview. But now that I've watched all these other hip-hop documentaries, I'm like, oh, I guess he was a big deal. But just as a teenager, seeing him interviewed, I just didn't like him for whatever reason. Nah, man. It, that, uh, everything before Biggie is like what what I like to remember because it's a lot of what's lacking now. Like, now you just got, hey, this is what I do on a daily. These are the bitches that I fuck. This is how much money I got. This is how much money I got for this show. Um, I got all of these nice cars, but they really don't mean shit to me. Um, you know, yeah, and I go to the club and they don't play your record when I'm there because I'm better than you. And this is what I have on. Like, literally, that's all you get. But it's those rappers that came before Biggie that I feel like let it be known that that shit didn't matter. And I think that's my issue with like what's on the radio. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, why is that important to me? Right. Well, you know what I mean? I think uh, like the Biggie Tupac thing has always been very interesting. Uh, most people hate me because I'm like, I don't love many Tupac songs. So uh, I did. I do enjoy some Biggie songs. And I think he was so much more influential into where rap is now. So like, I guess if like you dislike where rap is now, maybe you're like against Biggie because he did do the drug raps and all that. But it. It just seemed cooler. I don't know. And uh, like like I said, I love Lil Wayne, but every fucking new rapper that's basically just a Lil Wayne impression, I'm like, fucking learn to speak with your mouth open. When I'm like, really, <laughs> they all fucking just are doing what Lil Wayne did. Uh, I, you know, like, so so at some point it's just being old, you know, but like, uh, fuck, I wish I knew that. There's some rapper, he put out some song like a month ago and everyone was like, oh, he's the new goat. He's going to be the best ever. But when he raps it like, it sounds like his mouth's full of peanut butter. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. But then again, when I was young, I loved shit that I'm sure old people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, man. I'd be wondering if I'm getting old too. I mean, when I listen to a lot of these new guys, I feel like I don't really know them apart because they all sound almost the exact same to me. It's like, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, if they are not listening to the radio to know that that, that sound already exists or or what? I mean, I don't think that much of what's out there is really a, a reflection of Biggie or Tupac anymore. Yeah, that's I, true. Uh, I think you have a lot of people who grew up on Soldier Boy. I remember when Soldier Boy first came out and he said that a throwback to him was 50 Cent in the club. Oh, yeah. And that to me, that to me was insane. And, you know, now we have people who grew up on Soldier Boy that are making music now and they they grew up on you know not even like the nellies and the ti's like they they grew up on just a whole different generation that i don't think we ever took seriously those of us who grew up listening to hip-hop from like the early early 90s and even you know before then so it's it's interesting i mean like Nas just you know his album became available at midnight did you get a chance to hear that i have no i see a lot of people tweeting about it and i will check it out for sure yeah it's it's worth it. It's worth it. I think that it's um, a step up, a large step up 
from what he did with Kanye West. Um, I thought the Kanye West production album was overhyped. It was just because it was Kanye as opposed to Kanye and Jay-Z. Um, but I didn't think the production was all that great. And I don't think that it really fit Nas, but I think Nas, he rapped awkwardly through that project. Nas has the worst beat selection of any rapper in all history. And it just doesn't matter. I mean, like somebody on Twitter said that, uh, like when he first got together with Nicki Minaj and it was a big thing, you know, somebody says (laughs) Nas picks his women the way he picks his beats. And everyone just immediately understood what that meant. It was like, yeah, I can't argue with that. But it, and it was funny, but you know what, this, this new album here, um, I think, and I was listening to it as I went for a run this morning and by the, by the sixth, seventh track, I knew that this was probably the best beat selection that I ever heard Nas over, you know, where every track was good and he, and the way that he came over the, the records, um, it felt natural. It didn't feel like he was trying to do something different or reinvent himself. It didn't feel like he was saying the same shit he said on Illmatic, Stillmatic. It was written, you know, uh, anything that he's done before, not the lost tapes, not freaking, you know, uh, Street's Disciple, not not the joint that he did with the Marley uh, dude. It, it's really like it's it's a breath of fresh air and it's a lot of content. And he, he gives you a, a nice story. I actually just watched the um it was like a little doc, not a documentary. It was like a, a some sort of live, you know, COVID got everybody separated. So instead of coming to the radio show, I think Ebro had, uh, he asked Nas, like, you know, was that a true story you said on an album about meeting Tupac in Central Park? And, you know, Nas explained it in so many words. And it was like, you know, I don't know, for the old heads, that was exciting. I might be too old. Like maybe, you know, I don't, I, don't, I can't listen to Nav. I tried. You know, I, I just don't understand the allure. I can't really get into pop smoke. You know, I think he could have been something successful, but I, I really I can't listen to six nine. I don't understand why. I don't understand the allure of the music. I don't I'm not there in my life. Right. So it's not something that I could really get into and it's not a whole lot of content and substance for me to even like grasp lyrically for me to like just listen to that kind of stuff. But I, I definitely think you should check out that Nas album. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Southern Comfort was on. And when he comes on, we try to each get five artists to check out. And uh, I try to do three mainstream and two underground. And my mainstream one I shout out last time was this dude named Guap Dad 4000 because he was some new guy and he had four songs out and I loved every one of them. And then like since that came out, every song he's put out, I've hated. And I'm like, damn it. Why would I give that recommendation? So like, <laughs> anyway, like, um, we talked about like a million things, but uh, something that kind of caught remind me of all the stuff you said there is shout out Ludacris because we mentioned dirty songs back in the day and the what's your fantasy female remix was definitely an early one for me of like pussy uh, popping on a handstand Ludacris was the best I still say he's the most underrated rapper probably of all time I mean him or Ice Cube is like Um, probably my top two and uh he's just so good and he always represented for the women he had the battle of the sexes album you know he's been trying to push that i think like he was a little ahead of the curve i think on all that a little bit i um i wasn't a big player circle fan i'll admit but even though people will you know love to celebrate two chains changing his name reinventing himself and then blowing up at like the age of 34 i think ludicrous probably saw his potential and wanted him to do something different than true religion. And yeah. And 
you know, the, the way his style is now. Right. Like, I hate, I'm not a 2 Chains fan. Not a fan yeah, at all. I can't really, like, it's cool when we in the club, but I'm not playing that shit in the car. I mean, honestly, I guess, sure, right. I guess that's the thing. It depends on what you're listening to music for. But as a rapper, I, I really value rappers being on beat. And maybe he <laughs> is on beat, but it's like such a lazy flow that it doesn't matter. And like, I don't know. I just, there's just something about it. I don't. I don't vibe, but also can't like vibe with like future, you know, that's like another, another one. Like I just, there's certain new people I can, uh, like, uh, I mentioned another dude this last week. I can't remember what his name is at the moment. So I guess I'm not, not too big of a fan, but though, like, there's a few new, like, uh, angry rappers. Like they're bringing like some punk rock energy to rap music, but it's still kind of that new school style. And I can find myself liking it because I get the energy they're coming with, you know, I'm like, Hey, at least they're, they're trying to feel something you know like i respect that for some reason um what do you think about uh, the genre of screamo um like as far as like what it was when i was in high school i would say that was a little too far for me like i enjoyed like there was a band jack's mannequin i was a pretty big fan of in high school even though like rap was like my number one my number two genre was like this weird uh like Reliant K, I was kind of a fan. So you know, there was certain stuff like that, but Screamo to me was like a little too far. And now I have a, a friend I used to rap with who does like some Screamo rap stuff. And to me, it's just like rap, rap with some distortion. And then they like take a big breath and then they literally are just screaming into a microphone. And I'm like, uh, is there yeah, supposed to be like an artistic value to this? <laughs> Very different. Right. And it's just with stuff I'm not really used to, you know? Uh, if someone started fucking yodeling on a rap song, I'd be like, "Oh, okay, this is new." I feel like it, I feel like it's coming. I didn't. I never got into like the grunge kind of rap, and I think that's why I don't understand Pop Smoke is because I never got into that genre. Of, you know, the the, in, the guys out there in the UK um, that were into hip hop, but they they put their own style on it, so these beats sound very unorthodox to me. Oh, I fucking hate UK drill unorthodox beats. and fast paced, and it's very strange. But somehow, you know, some kids from the hood out there, and you know, in Brooklyn, somehow took it and gave it a New York spin, and that became the fucking hottest thing out. And I don't understand it because I I don't think I ever got into that sound in the first place. But I understand that's where it comes from. As a beat maker, there's a few things I have a problem with in the world. And one is this UK drill takeover because it's all about crazy 808 slides that I I can do in beats. You know, I think I know how. I just don't think it sounds good when the 808's like... I'm like, why is it fucking doing that? That's crazy. very animated. I don't like it either. And then I don't get off-kilter snares. To me, the snare is rather hitting on the two and the four every time or it's hitting on the three every time. You know, like the the three would be like a trap beat and the two and the four is like your standard hip-hop beat. And, And that's just what happens, you know. And to me, I want the snare every time because I'm a rapper and I like to rap on beat. And this shit's just like, oh, yeah, the snare is going to be fucked whenever the snare hits. And I'm like, well, how the fuck could you rap to that? <laughs> like, that's not how this works. The fuck you talking about? So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think we getting old because we, right. we we have no appreciation for that shit. It's very confusing and I don't like it. Yeah, throw <laughs> some gross speed on it and move on. Anyway, um, and then my last thing, and then we can go because I feel like we've talked forever. Uh, you mentioned the Beastie Boys earlier, and they are awesome. And the reason they're awesome, in my opinion, is because of Rick Rubin, who is their producer. And he has a podcast he does with Malcolm Gladwell and some other people called Broken Record. And it's so good. He interviews all kinds of artists. Um, 
a lot of them are hip hop artists, but there's other genres as well. Like he done one with these three country uh, songwriters in Nashville, and it's just these three women playing the acoustic guitar, talking to each other, and like I was like, "Fuck, this is so good!" And like I hate country music, but I was like, just the pure songwriting, you know, and like the emotion these women sing with. And so I listen to all those episodes. I think it really kind of helps. It doesn't, I guess inspire is the right word. Cause it's always people that made awesome songs, but like Rick Rubin interviewed run the jewels a couple of times on there. And I love run the jewels. So as far as like new rappers that have that old school feel, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with run the jewels, but they're fucking yeah, awesome. Killer Mike. Yes. Killer Mike and LP. Uh, and like, so they talk on there kind of how they got their start and then their newest album. But they've also talked to Rick Rubin. I think the first episode's with Rick Rubin about them making the sound for the Beastie Boys and how it was he went to punk rock shows because he was like a white guy. He might be Jewish. I'm not sure. And um, then he also went to hip hop shows, but he was like the only white guy there in the early New York hip hop shows. But like, he just knew that he could use the breaks from these fucking, you know, Aerosmith. Like, he's the one that came up with the Walk This Way collaboration was rick rubin so like he just he was like the perfect tool to combine rock music at the time and hip-hop music and then kind of came up with this sort of punk rock rap which was the beastie boys like to me they're a different genre than hip-hop but i know hip-hop they don't do sub-genres in hip-hop even though i really wish they did i wish it broke down to like a million fucking different ones but it's all they categorize it all as one thing um yeah i think there are a million different subcategories within hip-hop but it's like it's like black people, you know, you can have a, a Jamaican, an Indian, you can have someone who is, you know, from France, someone who is goddamn from New York City, someone from South America and Brazil and someone from Jamaica, someone from Puerto Rico and somebody from Dominican Republic and go, yeah, they're all black. Right. It's like we know we're different when we look at each other and talk to each other. But, you know, to everyone else it's like they're black. And I think hip hop is going through the same thing here. And it could be a dope thing. Uh, I think like when Kid Cudi came out, you know, he called his shit moon music. And I thought that was insane because that that was a perfect is like describing a flavor that you've never tasted before. And it's like spot on. That's exactly what his what his sound was. And I like, you know, I, I think it they do exist. They're just not calling them anything right now. I'm glad you explained all the regions because that's exactly why I use the term black instead of African-American because yep. I'm always like, well, I don't know where people are from. Yeah. Like and, uh, you know, I also find it fascinating, you know, and of course, uh, black people that descended from African-American slaves and all that won't know what tribe they're from or whatever. But like uh, from like a evolutionary biologist standpoint, there's more different quote unquote types of black people than there are types of white people because there's just so many distinct tribes that um, kind of evolved their own way and have their own look. And so like for people, I always find it funny when someone's like, oh, black people look the same, you know, and that's really just whoever you're raised with. Like if you grew up where I grew up and didn't have a lot of black people around, you might think that. But like, actually, I think black people look further apart, like as far as the spectrum of what I don't know of all the different ones, like white people kind of look the same. I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna start trouble man i definitely i understand what you're saying i had some uh korean roommates uh in high school and uh, they pulled up some picture and they were like talking shit about I don't oh, know, yeah, koreans like, totally look the same yeah yeah they, and she was saying <laughs> she was like yeah we all look the same like sometimes i don't even know and i was just like and she wasn't she wasn't americanized she wasn't she didn't grow up in western civilization she grew up 
very much in Korea and there was a program so she could come to school and they were like, you know, just being fucking mean and talking shit. And I was just like, God damn, like, and that's crazy that you guys, at least you guys agree that you all look the same. And it was just, it was funny, but I never understood. Like if you, if you really look at a native American, like, yes, we're, we're, we're black quote unquote, but we, there, there are some features that are very distinct and it's very interesting. I love the way that you go back into, um, you know, just the biology and understanding, uh, you know, geographically where people come from and how that determines what they look like in their features. Like that's dope. That's why I like talking to you. Cause you always like you, you click and you click in. Yeah. Well, I really got obsessed with it. Um, and this is probably a racist reason, but my best friend is a native American guy. Uh, he prefers Indian. So I'm going to say Indian, but, uh, I used to kind of not make fun of him, but I would be like, well, yeah, man, but you're like Asian. And he's like, I'm not Asian. I'm like, dude, there's a reason native Americans and Asians look alike. It's because y'all walked across the Bering Strait. Like, Ever, like over generations it wasn't like one asian dude crossed the bearing Strait and now all of a sudden he's native american but like that's just the way it worked and so we watched some documentary that explained it all and then finally he was like all right i get what you're saying but like it took like years of him being like you're being fucking racist and i'm like dude there's just like people look the way they look you know and i was always fascinated um Speaking of like, because there's like a million different fucking Asians as well. We're just dumb in America. And I said all white people look like we don't. There's like a bunch of white people. But again, oh, yeah, they classified them as all white so that they could be against the whole giant classification of all black. I think I'm like, I don't anyway, uh, like Asian countries, like Chinese people do not look like Japanese people. And I was always like, well, why do they look that way? And uh, according to this documentary I'd watched this time, it was uh, the the eyelids on the upper part of the eye grew downward on Chinese culture because the path they took was through a snowy mountain area where they evolved from. And so that helps with snow blindness to have that flap come down. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. Like, I just think that stuff's super interesting. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I think that, or like, uh, Eastern Europeans kind of look different than Western Europeans. And it's like, because they started to, they came like from the Middle East directly there where the other ones went to Asia and then back over. Like, I don't know, like it all affected how everyone kind of looks different. I don't think one I, way's good or bad. I like, to, uh, I like to look at all the different um, places on the entire earth and look at their quote unquote bush people and they all fucking look like me. And that blows my mind every time. Like sometimes I just, you know, will research it, you know, a place and then, you know, where it's not, city or and they're not showing you know uh pamphlets and brochures to visit this place and like the person on the pamphlet looks nothing like the original people who decided not to you know modernize and they, they're the bush people like they fucking they all look like me it's fucking sick <laughs> right it's like everywhere too goddamn uh you know from not just like tanzania and africa but you know goddamn in asia and the philippines you know what I mean? It's kind of in, in Australia, like it's it's pretty surreal. And well, so the Australian one's fascinating because they don't know how they got there and they don't yet yeah, skin color wise. They do look like you, but other feature wise, they do not like, you know, right. what I mean? like they have the, like they're their own their own thing and they don't know how they got there um, because rather if you believe in the scientific Adam and Eve or the biblical Adam and Eve or whatever you believe in, um, it's pretty much uh, I say a fact, but I'm sure other people disagree that the first 
the first Eve, the person that gave birth to the first human, was a black woman in Africa. Like, that's just where human civilization started. And then those people, like, go further from the East Equator, and then they live there. They lose that melatonin in their skin over generations. So... It, it couldn't work the other way from what I understand. Like, it couldn't start as a white person, and then they walked to Africa and got darker. Like, it wouldn't – I don't know. From what I understand, it's not how it worked. So, uh, I don't know. I think all that's super interesting, but I also believe that happened, like, so fucking long ago. And uh, this somehow is going to bring us back to your music earlier. You were saying, like, because of this moment and you want to say something, like, important or whatever um, – I've kind of leaned the other way lately in my thinking of like, because shit is so crazy, I kind of, maybe not even for music, just in my thought, I'm trying not to think much on the past. And maybe this is my white guilt or whatever, but I'm like, I'm just kind of worried, focused on like how things could be better. You know, like, I don't know. I don't see what wasting yeah. the time on, on harping on everything bad. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I guess one of those white people that have, have had white guilt forever. I'm like, yeah, we were fucked. Um, so I'm just like, I don't, I know whatever we can do, I guess moving forward, but, uh, I don't know. It, it is a weird time to make music. Like you're saying, because it rather has to be really serious or really not, you know, it's a very, very odd time. Um, but all right, I feel like we've been on here forever. Uh, you know, if you're just hanging out and you know, you ever want to call in again, I'm always needing people. Absolutely. Hey, one day I'd love to get you on my, uh, my nodcast. Uh, if you get on Instagram live with me and, you know, I like to choose um, two to three artists and, you know, just play play some of your play your top three joints, whether it's a beat or, or something that you wrote to and recorded on and like tell people where to find you. And I just been trying to like help other artists and I slow down on doing it because a lot of people were wasting my time. But I know that you're someone I could consistently link with. And, you know, this is this is just more proof right here. Right. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Let me know. Um. Anytime next week I should be should be open um, as long as we schedule it. And uh, I don't really show my face too often, but I will. I'll do it for you. Ah, that's love. Um, I appreciate you. <laughs> I think I've done it maybe two other times on people's things. I just wear an OKC hat to to support. And then, but honestly, my hair is so long right now. I haven't had a haircut all year. It's uh, this. That's crazy. <laughs> I told my wife I wasn't gonna get a haircut for the whole year or shave, but eventually I I let up and I I finally shaved my beard. Uh-huh wolf in it for real <laughs> yeah a few weeks ago um and now it looks weird because my hair kind of like a mushroom because my hair is so long but my beard's so short so anyway <laughs> well yeah we'll see if we can link that up man thank you again um for having me on tonight yeah and hey send me uh, a song to play on the end of this heck yeah you want me to do that right now yeah go for it cool all right well appreciate it all right man peace peace Let's roll around your empty apartment till we get tired No money for furniture, but I'm still so inspired Pallet on the floor suffice when we meet I know game is what they kick, but no one's vibing like me So you survive in these streets, and you wild just like me No implants or creamy crack, you natural and I peak You natural and I'm pleased, it's factual that I be in love with the love that ain't bad financially You starving artists, let me fill you till your cup overflow Fill my mouth with sacred nectar when I suck on you slow I grip your thighs and I'm hoping that you can handle this motion I'm a vandal with sex, I'm snatching souls with this potent Moment of silence for every ex that passed on you, queen 
your chakra Just add to that ass on you queen Your titties are perfect uh, They big enough for me Bad credit and mad debt But in love comfortably Your hair smell like the water Out of coconuts and rolling blunts Give me vibes of the motherland With the upper hand You're a creator of so much What we create is unseen Smell why you're selling cocoa butter In your sheets when I leave Artsy girl, artsy girl, let me be a part your world Part your limbs, let me swirl, I hit it right, your toes are curl. I heard you got that fire, I heard you got that fire I heard you got that fire, you're the one that I desire Artsy girl, artsy girl, let me be a part your world Part your limbs, let me swirl, I hit it right, your toes are curl. I heard you got that fire, I heard you got that fire I heard you got that fire, you're the one that I desire Artsy girl, artsy girl, I never depart your world Infatuation's too legit, drug burns on that Knees a day later after doing it The shea butter renewing it Your scars from love making Flashbacks of kissing you slow I feel you shaking I might talk my shit while I stroke you I'm just saying my slow shit Have you praying and no There's no delaying Girl all this juice that we laying I know that you ain't faking Never claiming each other But both claiming we taking Your apartment is pretty With a good view of the city We both live check to check But you down to paint it red with me Down to shake a bed with me Let's go half on a headboard to lean against while I read aloud and give you head more Care wild for days, I blaze you till your legs so amazing though we dead poor If wealth is of the mind and not the pocket That explains the sensual gains, this bond is profit Artsy girl, artsy girl, let me be a part your world Part your limbs, let me swirl, I hit it right, your toes are curl. I heard you got that fire, I heard you got that fire I heard you got that fire, you're the one that I desire. Artsy girl, artsy girl, let me be a part your world. Part your limbs, let me swirl. I hit it right, your toes are curl. I heard you got that fire, I heard you got that fire. I heard you got that fire, you're the one that I desire.